I'm Nick Turzo, and you are listening to The Radical. My guest this week is a proud Florida denizen challenging country music from far outside of Nashville's boundaries. Fiercely independent country artist Cody Weaver joins me to discuss building a successful career outside of Nashville, his style of country music, his new single, One About the Devil, and influences such as Sturgill Simpson and Tyler Childers. Coming up, my conversation with Cody Weaver. Hey, Cody. Hey, brother. How are you? Welcome, welcome. I'm excited to speak to you. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. My pleasure. I loved finding this uh, new up-and-coming uh, <laughs> talent. And, uh, man, you, you're killing it. Thank you. So. I really appreciate it. There's uh, been a lot of work that's gone into it, a lot of time. And uh, it's it's cool to see it reaching so many people in so many places. Yeah, it's awesome. And you have a, there's a new single out right now, right, called is it One About the Devil. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's correct. One About the Devil. Yeah. And does that mean that's a precursor to, you know, look, I'm trying to figure out the new world order of dropping singles all the time. Does that mean there's a full on record project coming or what's um, that mean? I don't know. I think, you know, right now with the, uh, with the age of like instant gratification, people like to go on Spotify and, and stream a song. So, uh, you know, at my level and, and, you know, we're funding ourselves through this. So, uh, it is easier to drop a single at a time. Uh, it's not that we don't have the material written. It's just, you know, getting it produced and uh, doing all the all the work it takes to get it out there with videos and artwork and stuff. Um, it is easier for us to drop singles. So uh, right now, not an album planned for the future, but um, a few more singles on the horizon. And then, uh, you know, we'll see where it takes us. Um, eventually, I would like to put out a full length, um, maybe curated from some of my previous work and then, uh, with addition of new, some new stuff. Um, but I guess we'll just see. Right. Because you did an EP too, right? Like in Correct. 2020. Yeah. Um, that was called Southern Noise. Yes. Correct. Southern Noise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fascinating because it's full on. I mean, you are just full on guitars, man. And I just <laughs> love it, man. We have a lot of You fun. know, being an old rock man. So <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's me, Jared, Joe and Jake all play guitar. And um, so, you know, a lot of our music is really based around that. Even what we write. Um, I mean, I don't think that I'm some great lyricist, but we, we like to compose interesting music and, and we put a lot of energy and effort into our guitar work. And uh, all of us just have a real passion for that. So trying to make unique stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think that my lyrics have come a long way, um, but in the, uh, you know, it, it takes a long time to, to get good at songwriting. Um, and uh, we put a lot of passion into the music part of it. And uh, the, the guitars really stand out. I think that's something I want to be known for, too, is that we have some killer electric guitar. Dude, you threw a crazy good guitar solo into that song, Cope. Yeah, that's um, Jared did that guitar solo. And it, yeah, he kills it. Jared is, Jared is the solo man. Yeah, that was something. It's like that came out of nowhere <laughs> and that was awesome. Yeah, man. You know, people are kind of like, it feels like nowadays people are a little intimidated, right, by that notion of doing kind of like something like that anymore. I mean, it's kind of had its own death knell in a way, the old guitar solo. Yeah. And, you know, like all of us, my whole band, myself included, are heavily influenced by rock. And, um, you know, it's, it's growing up down here, we listen to country and then we listen to like air metal and stuff. So, you know, a lot of 
a lot of my influence and, and same goes with my guys, um, is that, and, and, you know, we're already trying to do kind of like a more of a roots country, like more traditional sound, but then, you know, the other side of our roots is, is real rock and roll. So, um, you know, we always use real instruments. We've got no, uh, no like tracks or anything like that. We use all our real instruments and, and we take a lot of pride in that. So, uh, that's just, that's just part of our sound. That's awesome. So let's get a little bit, um, I want to talk more about the music okay. and songwriting and all that in a bit, but let's get a little background on <laughs> you since you're kind of, you know, you're starting to make some noise, but somewhat still new to the sure, world. Sure. Um, Tell me a little bit about you and your, your Florida guy, yeah, right? I'm, What's the background? I'm a Florida man. Yeah, my, my family, my lineage goes back here to 1896. Uh, my family came over here from Denmark, and uh, they had marinas and orange groves, and they did a lot of cattle uh, back in the day. This is a real real big citrus and cattle area. Um, so I grew up on an orange grove, and we had cows, and uh, I was homeschooled and just kind of lived the country life out here with my family. And... Um, I played, I played a lot of music in church. That's where I grew up. That's how I got my start is, uh, I played piano and guitar and bass for, uh, for several churches and, um, got into my twenties and started doing cover gigs and playing with various projects and, and, you know, played bars around town and, um, fast forward to 26, 27, I, I decided I just kind of wanted to cool it on the on the cutting my teeth all the time and just wanted to do an original project and create my own music and get it out there. Um, even if there was no audience, I figured if I made it, the, uh, you know, the audience would come. So, you know, we took, we took a lot of ideas that we'd been messing with. I got a few of the guys together and, uh, we've been through a few members, but right now we've got a solid crew of, uh, of guys. We all write together and, and make all this music. We produce everything down to our videos and, and everything. We go to a, a studio here locally, uh, my buddy Caleb Neff runs it, and uh, he does all the. Uh, he's the professional recorder, but uh, but yeah, it's it's all genuine, and uh, and that's that's where it all comes from, man. Yeah, well, tell me who. So, you know, having kind of sowed your oats in kind of a church setting at a young age. Uh-huh. Um, outside of that, though, who are some of your influences? Um, like right now, I really look up to people like uh, Sturgill Simpson. I really love what he's doing with country music. I think that uh, he's the biggest outlaw out there right now. And, and, you know, he's doing, he's doing exactly what he wants to do and putting them out on his terms. And that's kind of how I feel about it too. You know, we're artists and um, I just think that so much out there is manufactured, fabricated now um, that I, I like to see genuine talent and people like putting their heart and soul into this stuff and, and uh, so Sturgill Simpson, you know, of course, people like Tyler Childers. Um, I know that I don't necessarily have their sound, but they're big influences for me to pursue my own sound. Um, and then on the rock front, I've always been a huge Foo Fighters fan. I talk about them a lot on podcasts. Um, I always say I want to be the country music Dave Grohl. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's often. And when you were younger, I mean, did you kind of, I mean, was your listening more towards like the rock thing then versus kind of country? Um, no, both. I, I had a, I had a good mix. Both of my parents were were into music, and uh, you know, my dad was a big bluegrass guy, so I got a lot of bluegrass growing up, and I love that stuff. I wish I could play it, but I love it. And maybe in the future we'll work on doing some bluegrass work. We'll see. 
but um yeah bluegrass and then and then he was in the rock and roll too and then my mom was more into like normal country like mainstream country my mom was a singer as well and uh so she she probably influenced me more than i more than i give her credit to um but uh yeah, so I, I was just immersed in it, and uh, it was something I had a passion for early on. I, I got my first guitar when I was eight years old with my with my savings, and uh, I wasn't any good at it for many years. I still don't think I'm any good at it, but I, I love playing it and, uh, you know, just have a real passion for it. That's awesome. How were you able to kind of put together your crew down there then of kind of creative collaborators? How did that come together? So originally, I was solo. Um and doing a bunch of acoustic stuff, but some of the size of the the events that I was getting, it was uh, it would have been better to have a whole band, and and I just wanted to take the creative, you know, element to the next level. Um, so a band that I had previously played guitar in for a short time, um, their front man had stepped down, and the the project was dead. So I asked for his blessing. I said, "Hey man, can I uh, can I borrow the band?" And so. I got his old band and which I had already been playing with and was friends with them. And, um, and then we went through a couple more members. Uh, we've, we've changed bass player and I've changed uh, one of the guitarists a couple times. Um, but you know, we've gotten to where we've got a pretty solid crew. That's all got, um, we've all got our eyes on the same goal of creating and putting out unique music that kicks ass and, um, that isn't, like the mainstream norm of country music. So um, all with the understanding that it may take us nowhere too. So that's, uh, that's kind of cool. We're doing it completely for the art, for the passion of it. And it was really cool to find this, this group of guys that believes in the same thing I do. Um, and even though we go based off of my name, you know, we go by Cody Weaver. Um, my sound right now is, is, is we're a group. I mean, I don't give these guys nearly enough credit and they don't get nearly enough attention, but um, these guys are awesome. So is the path really that, I mean, you seem, you know, since you kind of hold up Sturgill Simpson as a role model of some sort. Um, I mean, I sense you just want to continue to do this in your way. Um, you're not going to go to Nashville and try to play that game at all. I don't have much interest in that um, for, for several reasons, but really, um, you know, I'm not in this for the money. I'm not in this for the fame. I'm in this because I love music and I love making music. Um, and I just want to keep my freedom as an independent artist. I want to be able to do what I want uh, when I want and uh, not be creatively tied down to, you know, what record labels or producers might tell me. Hmm. That's good. That means you're not going to play any radio games either. <laughs> I, you know, I'd love to be on the radio, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to conform my art. Right. Makes sense. Well, that's, look, you're kind of, from what I heard, I mean, it's, you know, you are kind of staking out obviously your own sound yeah. and kind of your own path, which I mean, I have huge respect for, you know, instead of going through, you know, a little bit of a sausage grinder where you've got, you know, <laughs> three or four writers coming up with a song for you and lyrics yeah. and all that. Yeah, and you know, this way we can we can say what we want to say, and we can we can make it sound the way we want to make it sound. And and you know, I mean, of course, we get other opinions on it. We know when something's trash, but um, but uh, yeah, we 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 just do what we want, and we really like that freedom. I mean, now that we're I don't know somewhere in this COVID cycle, um, 
I mean, if, do you do regional touring or what has your touring life been like, you know, prior to or now somewhat? Right now. I wouldn't call it post, mid-COVID. I've yet to do what I would call an actual tour. Uh, we, we just kind of bounce around and do gigs as they come. We're kind of selective on them. Um, we don't like to do cover music. Um, so finding gigs uh, can be difficult at our level. Right. Um, but occasionally we get good ones. Uh, I just played, uh, I headlined up in uh, Sanford, Florida at the West End Trading Company. And that was a cool show. It's a small venue. It's like a rock room. And uh, we had a good time there. Uh, had a couple other bands join us, and uh, that was fun. Uh, we we do some of the like the country, the big country bars here in the state, like um, the Ranch down here in Fort Myers. We open for some of the bigger artists there, and then um, we have some. Uh, we had some shows planned at the at the Dallas Bowl in Tampa. However, uh, COVID put a stop to that. So uh, right now we're just taking what we can get, but uh, you know. We're uh, we're still doing our thing, writing music. We just we just wrote uh, a majority of a new song in here last night. Awesome, yeah. And I mean, is there speaking of like the touring side and kind of you know opening for some people and such? Is there who's like the artist you would most like to open for if you had a chance? Sturgis Simpson. <laughs> ah, simple. <laughs> you know, him or like um, I guess. You know, to go more toward the mainstream side, another band that we really look up to is uh, like the Brothers Osborne. Uh, they tend to kind of have their own sound. They do their own thing. And, and I like all their meshing of uh, blues and funk into the uh, into the country and and uh, really dig their sound. I mean, if we were to ever like aim super high and try to go mainstream, I guess that's that's somebody that I would say we'd like to we'd like to tour with or open with. But, you know, that's that's reaching for that's reaching for the stars for sure. Yeah. Well. Those are good examples. Yeah. I can accept those examples. Right. I mean, can you in Florida like kind of put together enough of like a touring game though, even with like these one-offs and stuff? Is there enough clubs for you guys to sure, yeah. build like your regional following? Yeah, we could. Uh, and I just, you know, with the last couple of years, we've really been, uh, was, we've been squished with the COVID stuff. Um, so I haven't even really attempted it. Um, but, you know, as that stuff's lightening up, and as you know, Florida is kind of, kind of leading the way on not <laughs> not doing COVID anymore. So um, it sounds like uh, we could have a pretty busy 2022. So we'll That's see. Awesome. I hope you do. Thank you. Um, are there, is there any artists that you've kind of run across? I mean, either, I don't know, in person or something you've read about that artist and we might come to the same name again that you've mentioned before, <laughs> but is there someone who's given like a piece of advice uh, another musician, um, that you've taken to heart? Um, I don't know about advice that I could think of right off the top of my head. Um, I watched, um, uh, I actually watched Chris Stapleton on, um, on Joe Rogan's podcast. I've seen the one he did with, uh, with Sturgill as well, but I remember Chris Stapleton talking about, you know, having the, having the, uh, I guess the motivation to just get in there and write and have the more you write, the more you're, you know, you cultivate your skills and everything. And the way he talked about uh, the writing process in general, um, I took that, I took a lot of that to heart and I've rewatched that podcast, you know, three or four times uh, just picking Chris Stapleton's brain because uh, he's just, he's a very, very intelligent writer. And um, I think he's got some good, some good advice there. So I, I'd say that's, that's one that, um, that I look at as, 
as uh, as a mentor as well. Good one. <laughs> Another good one. <laughs> so, well, what's interesting right now, like in the popular consciousness right now, you know, and I see it with my friends, even, you know, it even bleeds into LinkedIn posts and I kind of get ringed into these things. It's, you know, with this Beatle documentary being out, right, everyone's fascinated now with, you know, and it's two different camps, right? People that are fascinated by the process. And then there's people that are just like, this is like watching paint dry. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting that it's brought this songwriting creative process kind of into the pop culture again in a big way. Um, I'm curious if you've seen any of that or not yet. Uh, I haven't. I have, I have like a whole list of documentaries and shows and movies that I need to catch up on, but I have not been watching much TV the last couple of months. My wife and I had a baby in September and, uh, that's, oh, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. That has kept us super busy. So I'm way behind <laughs> on everything. I'm like, I'm dying to go catch up on the new season of Dexter, but, uh, yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't had a chance to catch that Beatles documentary either, but I, I do look forward to watching. I can't believe you're even up to talk to me then. You must be totally sleep deprived. I am, but Hey, we're, <laughs> I got a little bit of caffeine. We're good. <laughs> Do you have a boy or a girl? Little boy. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. So, um, so this kind of leads me to almost my next question in a way is like outside of music, um, now you've, your father, yeah. that's going to take up some of your time. <laughs> what are some of your other interests uh, beyond that? Um, I'm a big outdoorsman. I love to hunt fish, you know, all the country boy shit or stuff. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to cut. <laughs> Sorry. Um, country boy stuff. Um, I got a, I got a Mustang. I'm really into race cars. I'm always out there wrenching on my car. So my hobbies are, you know, doing stuff outside and, and working on fast cars. Is your, is the song dad's old Ford? Was that a reference to the Mustang or is that to another Ford? No, that's that one. That was honestly, that's, that song's pretty fictitious. I mean, it, it, it goes based off of some real details in my childhood, but, um, my dad didn't give me no truck. I had to buy my own damn truck. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Yep. <laughs> um, and Southern Noise, man, that song, holy cow. Thank you. I mean, that's just totally like a, a roof raising. Yeah. I mean, that rattles the walls. We, that's a great song. We call that our sleeper song because we put it on that EP. It was the last song. It was the title track, but it got the least amount of streams and attention. I think that, that that's where, after releasing that EP is where we kind of decided to kind of cool it on maybe not doing an album yet and just do singles because our singles tended to perform much better because um, we were uh, we were pretty uh, not upset but we were just a little disappointed that southern noise didn't really get didn't really go anywhere and we were like oh that was our that was the one we were most proud of we just put so much work into it so i mean that's just a struggle that every songwriter is going to go through not everything's going to be a hit we understand that um but uh yeah that one that one's awesome that holds us special place in my heart. And that's one of the most fun ones to play live. As an old A&R man, you know, um, and I talk a lot with some of the younger artists today about sequencing a record um, and the art of what we used to do to sequence those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, so I'm going to tell you, don't make that song last anymore. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. I'm going to give you some sequencing advice. So (laughs) yeah, lesson learned. Even if everything's decoupled, see, it still kind of works that way. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, it's just the EP, so we can always recut it. We can even make it sound bigger and better and put it on an album one day. Well, you're going to have good luck with that anytime in the future once people hear that. It's a f- remarkable song. Thank you. So. Thank you. 
So what's like up next for you guys then? I mean, is it more just recording? Is it touring? I mean, what's what's on the horizon, the near horizon? I've um, got a couple gigs to look forward to uh, in the coming months. Um, and then we've we've been meeting here once a week in the studio to just get creative and write. Last night we got in here and I just say, Gaucho, start a drum beat. And then, you know, Lucas, pick a, pick a key and do a bass line. And then we just build on it, start throwing lyrics at it. And uh, we do that over and over again. It's kind of a fun little process, like a game we play to get, cre- you know, get the creative juice flowing. And um, and then, you know, we, so we've been doing that once a week and, uh, you know, just trying to crank out more tunes. I, I really want to have um, I really want to have like a, uh, a real pocketbook full of songs that I can really pick the best from and make a when we do do an album, get get the best of the best of our work. I mean, and I assume you know, look, if you had a, a, a half million dollars in the bank and you say, you know what, we're going to go and just make a real, we're going to do this in a big studio. We're yeah. going to go for it. I mean, I, it seems like you would still stay with just your crew. I mean, would you ever bring in even an outside producer? Um, probably not. I mean, I would probably have someone there to just uh, tell me when I'm being stupid, uh, which Caleb Neff is really good at. <laughs> he likes to use the term brave. When we're in the studio and we're recording, he'll say, that was a brave choice. And then we know it sucked. So, um, so sometimes good choice of words. That's good. Yeah. So, so, uh, sometimes that's how that goes. So I would definitely like to, you know, I always like to have somebody in there. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think I'm always the greatest, uh, the greatest opinion, but, um, uh, yeah. So I don't know. We have session guys come in now and then like for instruments that we don't have, uh, like on Southern noise, we had, uh, we had Rick Rourke play harmonica for us. Um, so I'm not opposed to having other people involved in it. Um, you know, as long as I can do what I want to do. Yeah. I always like to just see the balance of kind of being insular and kind of, you know, coming outside of being insular. You know what I mean? There's, there's a a weird balance to it all. So, but nowadays artists with everything in the box, it's just a much easier ability to kind of be on your own and build your own metaverse as they say nowadays yeah and why not i mean we're, we're making ourselves we're making our own brand here we're making our own sound we're making our music we're putting it out we've got so many platforms to do it on now um you know who needs a record label we've, i've got everything i need right here no truer words so i mean do you find it difficult though like uh, just on the social media front you know kind of balancing you know, the time that that may take versus, you know, it seems like you're pretty dedicated to music and making it. Yeah. Um, I used to, I used to spend a lot of time on social media trying to push our stuff. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, uh, probably about the time that COVID started, I just got tired of being on social media all the time. I felt like I was just, I, I, I felt like it was disingenuous that I was on there just all the time, you know, like, plugging my stuff and asking people to stream my music and everything. And I don't know. I just, I, I just kept going back to that whole thing. Like put, put the effort into the, into the art, into the music, create it, make it good and quality and put it out there and the people will come. And, uh, you know, it's really worked for me. Um, like it, maybe not to, maybe my numbers aren't as big as, you know, some of these, you know, big mainstream guys, but like, as far as what I'm trying to trying to do, I mean, with with very little social media interaction, I you know I've got thousands of people following me and listening to my music, and uh, you know I I couldn't be more grateful and happy. So, well, thank you. I really appreciate your time. I think uh, 
you know, Florida's gotten to be a little bit more known for its uh, hip hop, right? right um, yeah. But in, at least nationally. So I'm hoping you're going to be the <laughs> the leader with the flag on the country front. Yeah, well, there that's the uh, that's the Atlantic coast over there that we get most of the get most of the hip hop from, and I'm on the Gulf Coast, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Good luck with the new single. One one about the devil. Yes, it's fantastic. Thank you. Um, don't forget you guys to are see making the, great music. Don't forget to see the music video on YouTube. Ah, that too. Yes, that we will. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Cody. Appreciate it. it was nice meeting you. Thanks for having me. Had a blast. Thanks. Stay healthy. Thank you for listening. This show originates from the podcast capital, Austin, Texas. My producer is Sean O'Neill. Visit theradicalpot.com for updates and even some merchandise. Also, please subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I also ask that you please share episodes with your friends so we can continue to grow our community. See you all again next Friday.